Hello and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Toby? Now, Miss Joe, how you doing? Good, man. Together on this show, we listen to legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. What do we have today, my friend? We are listening to one of Brooklyn's finest MCs, the Notorious B.I.G. single entitled Big Papa, off his debut album, Ready to Die, released in September of 1994. This was a huge year for hip-hop, and every time I listen to this album, I can't help but to think about all the parties that I attended where the DJ played this song. Let's take a moment and revisit where the song was sampled from. All right, my party animal friend, rewind. This track is called Between the Sheets by the Isley Brothers. The Isleys are from right here in our home state of Ohio, down south a little ways in the Queen City of Cincinnati. They began performing in 1954 and toured churches as a quartet until, tragically, one of the brothers was killed in an accident at the age of 13. They reformed in 1957 and chose to take a detour from religious songs. Yeah, this is a sad story indeed, but it's, it's always interesting to see how families rebound from tragedy and what effect it has on the creative output. In this case, the Isleys changed from religious music to secular music. Yep, that change resulted in a storied career that features 16 albums that have charted in the top 40, 13 of which are certified gold or platinum, and a 1992 induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of the first major hits came in 1959 with the song Shout. I've heard the song so many times, but I never knew that the Isleys wrote it. Let's take a listen to Shout by the Isleys. Mm. Go and get it. You know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout, come on. So I know they took a break from church, but it didn't sound like they took too much of a break. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, uh, this song is definitely a staple at wedding receptions and sporting events. Tope, did you play this one at your wedding reception? I can't say that it was played at my wedding, man, but I'm sure that people have been cutting the rug to this something fierce over the years. Shout was the first major hit for the Isleys, and it's ironic in a way because I knew people did a lot of covers back in the day, but it always amazes me to find examples of people just taking parts of songs. And this doesn't really strike me as being malicious, Joe, uh, but it's it's similar to how people were accustomed to working with blues and jazz standards at the time. Let's take a listen to a Jackie Wilson track called Lonely Teardrops. My heart is crying, crying. So is his voice. <laughs> yeah. My pillow never Lonely teardrops. So maybe the uh, specific portions of the song aren't quite obvious right there, but let's take a listen first to Lonely Teardrops and that part of the song the Isleys took. Alright, so now if we play the shout portion, that kind of calls back to that real quick. That's crazy. Say you will. <laughs> kind of seems to be a common practice in the early days of recording, so I don't know, perhaps it was generally more accepted that portions of music were just part of the public domain. 
Regardless, Barry Gordy, uh, famous founder of Motown, wrote Lonely Teardrops, and then he later signed the Isley Brothers to the Motown label, so he must not have been too upset about the whole thing. No, he wasn't mad. He wasn't mad. He was making money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cover songs was certainly common practice, and sometimes it takes the right artist performing a song before it becomes a hit. The Isleys had another hit in 1962 with their cover of the song Twist and Shout. It was their first top 40 hit on both pop and R&B charts. Let's take a listen to that. So I hadn't realized that this was a cover. I kind of always thought that the Isleys had done the original. But it turns out that this was first done a year earlier by a group called the Top Notes. Never knew that. Never knew that. Top Notes. I mean, is, is that the only song that they have that's memorable? Yeah, I, I didn't even know they existed before <laughs> now. So actually, a cool story about that is Phil Spector from the whole Wall of Sound was the first guy to do Twist and Shout with the Top Notes. And, hmm. and apparently, he was chided for not doing a good job, which is why they came along and did the Isley Brothers version. So. Hmm. Interesting. Let's take a listen to the top notes. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Abort mission. Nope. Uh, yeah, so you can, you can hear how this original hadn't quite found its footing. Uh, but Ronald tears it up on the Isley's version, which helped propel its success. Well, then another band came along and covered it in 1963. I mean, let, let's let's break that down. One year later, right? Right. One year later and say, okay, another group did that. And I just don't want to give the answer away. I All mean, right. It's too easy. Let's play Jeopardy. Oh. Okay. This, Where's my buzzer? <laughs> this British band has sold 1.6 billion singles and has more number one singles. Did you singles. say billion with a B? I said billion. Wow, okay. Like Booyan. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, booyah bass. <laughs> and it had more number one singles than any other band. It's also a ladybug. <gasps> I'm, I'm hitting. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. Joe? Uh, who are the Beatles, Alex? Excellent. Brilliant, Watson. Brilliant. <laughs> All right, let's have a listen to that one. Huh. That's my favorite version right here. Is it? Yeah, this is it. I, I think this is the version that a lot of people think of when they hear this song. Maybe in part because of Matthew Broderick's lip sync of it and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Classic. Uh, yeah. This version actually makes my throat hurt, though. You can hear John <laughs> Lennon really pushing his voice on the track. You say you need a cough drop. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, this was actually the only take that they could get. Uh, it works, though, because that extra oomph gives a lot of extra energy on the track. And speaking of energy, there's a guy by the name of Jimi Hendrix that played guitar with a whole lot of energy. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Well, a little bit, right? One of his first recordings was with the Isleys on the 1964 track entitled Testify. Let's take a listen to that. We're still in church. Yes. <laughs> Where's my tambourine? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, hear that bass? Oh, funky. Thumping and plucking, right? Where's Bootsy? Yeah. <laughs> so I love how even though he's playing through a clean rig without all the fuzz and sonic distortions he would incorporate in his later playing, you can definitely tell this is Jimmy. Uh, just humor me a little bit. Let's take a listen to some of the guitar licks from Testify. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's Jimmy. Awesome. So from playing with an iconic rock and roll legend to influencing countless hip-hop artists, the Isley Brothers have enjoyed a successful career that has spanned multiple decades. For now, let's dive back into our first featured track, Between the Sheets by the Isley Brothers. This was the title track of their 22nd album. You believe that? 22, man. 22 albums. And this was still, like, I think in the 80s, right? God bless it. Inside and Out, in The Real Deal, their previous albums, they didn't sell well. They didn't have any hit songs off those records. So they felt some pressure to get back on the charts. This album returned them to prominence in a big way. It sure did. This album is certified platinum and sold one million copies in the U.S. alone. It peaked at number one on the Billboard Soul album charts, and the songs Between the Sheets and Choosy Lover were both top ten hits on the R&B charts. All right, let's take a listen to Between the Sheets. If he wrote this for a woman, she has to feel special. I'm yeah. trying to Would you, right. <laughs> She's got to feel special. That's like birthdays like for five years. <laughs> you're, you're covered. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you're good. <laughs> so this track was geared to capitalize on the success of a similar song, Marvin Gaye's Sexual Healing, which had been a huge hit the year before. So not a bad song to emulate there. Side note, I didn't realize he had done a video for Sexual Healing, but he did, and it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, it, it, it's... <laughs> He gets a little hot and bothered by his doctor. He does. She pulls out a big blue bottle of Midnight Love Potion. I, I do want to say this for, for everybody that has a dream about this ever happening to them. That's classic malpractice, okay? <laughs> this this should never happen, okay? And there's a reason why he felt a sexual feeling. In that video, there is not one other dude. You're right. In that entire, he's in a club. There's not one other man in that video. He's getting healed. <laughs> Put hands on. Now we're going back to church. Okay, continue. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, they down the love juice, they drive off in a limo for the night on the town, and then I can kind of see between the sheets being the logical progression of that evening. The the Isleys certainly aren't subtle with their lyrics on that song. Not at all. The song has been a staple on many a Slow Jam mixtape. Songwriting trio of Chris Jasper and Marvin and Ernie Isley crafted a hypnotic down-tempo beat that provides the perfect backdrop to run Isley's crooning. It is also the perfect foundation for our next featured track, the notorious B.I.G.'s Big Papa. Let's take a listen. Smooth too. Yeah, you're real smooth. Real smooth. So this was released in, uh, December 30th of 1994, just in time for New Year's. It was nominated for the Best Solo Rap Performance at the 96 Grammys and actually lost to Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio, but Big Papa was certified platinum, sold over 800,000 singles. The line, I love it when you call me Big Papa. Man, I, you know, just listening to it again, it just brings back all the memories. That song was actually sampled from his own verse on Supercat's song, Dolly My Baby, which was released in 1993. Let's take a listen. I love it when you call me Big Papa. The I just want to keep this rolling so we can hear his scream at the end. Love that scream. Love that. 
The song really stands out in my mind because it actually featured Puffy and Biggie and another MC named Third Eye. Biggie has the best verse, but I loved Third Eye's verse as well. It's really, really fun. It's good. It's good stuff. So, all right, Tob, do me a favor here. Let's talk a little about Biggie and his legacy. So, Rolling Stone has referred to him as the greatest rapper that ever lived. Billboard calls him the greatest rapper of all time. Obviously, these greatest anything lists are a little silly and completely subjective, but one of the greatest honors is always to be recognized by your peers, right? So in 2003, Double XL Magazine asked several hip-hop artists to list their top five favorite MCs, and Biggie made more lists than any other rapper. I know that was like 15 years ago, but his legacy still stands. So, Tob, what are some specific things that stand out to you when it comes to Biggie as an MC? Biggie's one of the first MCs to cross over to pop appeal, but with real lyrics. Look at some of the MCs of the time. There are many that didn't look like him at all, right? A lot of them were skinny dudes, but (laughs) Biggie really embraced who he was, and that genuine effect really had a lot of appeal to fans. Sure, absolutely. So there's an MC by the name of Pusha T who's known for working with Pharrell from the Neptunes, and his recent beef with Drake and is well-respected in the industry. He's actually currently signed to Kanye's Good Music label. And when asked about Biggie, he had this to say. I believe that Notorious B.I.G. was the greatest rapper who's ever lived. I remember in 94 when Ready to Die came out. I was in the 11th grade living in my mother's house in Virginia. There was a frenzy at my high school arguing and talking about the album. We used to spend hours in the cars reciting his raps, trying to figure out what in the hell made him veer off in this way or that way. Some rappers just say a punchline, and it's like, okay, we get it. But Big delved deep. He was a master painter with words, and his flow was just so effortless. I mean, I think I'm an awesome writer, but my bars still sound like bars. Biggie had all these intricacies, all these colors, all these witty things, and it didn't sound like a rap. It was a conversation. I think that's what I also appreciate about Biggie. Great storyteller, set the scene, and they really make you feel like you're immersed in the action. Biggie doesn't make you feel like you're listening to a song. He makes you feel like you're part of a song. Yeah, he was definitely a great storyteller and not lacking for confidence. I mean, how confident do you have to be to say in a rhyme that you're black and ugly as ever and then turn around and just know that you're getting all the girls? I can't tell you how many parties I attended in college where Biggie's One More Chance was playing. And that's all I was looking for is one more chance. (laughs) (laughs) One more chance, right. You know, there's a great Diddy quote regarding Biggie's charm. So this is a quote. Around women, he was a charmer. He didn't really make the first move. And a lot of times it just happened from, pleased to meet you. Hmm. He would get introduced to people when he said, pleased to meet you, to a girl that rang a different way. I guess they was caught off guard by how much of a gentleman he was, how smooth he was, and also how he didn't try to continue on the conversation. That made her feel comfortable. They'd lay in the cut, something else would happen, and then they'd start laughing. They'd see the humor, and it was a wrap. Yeah, well, it definitely was a wrap for his first wife, Faith Evans. You know that they got married only eight days, I really? believe. Really? I did after not meeting. know that. Yeah, eight days, dude. Eight days. I mean, God made the world in seven, but I mean, <laughs> Biggie just needed one more day. <laughs> That's right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The other thing is there are a ton of MCs that list Biggie as one of the greatest of all time, including Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas. I mean, if he's not the greatest on their list, he's definitely he's at there. least top right. 10 on all their Absolutely. lists. All right. Maybe Biggie is the most notorious artist to sample the Isley Brothers between the sheets. No, what? You, you, no, you did not just do that. That's all right, buddy. I know. I know sometimes my words just hypnotize you. Okay, that's strike two. That's strike two. Keep it up. All right. Give me one more chance, though, to maybe bring the old thing back. If you mean that you'll stop with these bad puns so we can dig into some other samples, I'm all for it. Otherwise, I might have to give you the boot. Give you the boot. (laughs) 
In fact, I'm going to kick in the door with a song from a pioneering female rapper that samples between the sheets as well. Let's get into that. This takes me back. I'm hit switches like Eric on the solo creek for yo G. It's the BR. AT. That song was Functified from DeBrat's 1994 album of the same name on the So So Def label. The song debuted at number 11 on Billboard 200 and topped the rap and R&B hip-hop charts. DeBrat was the first solo female rapper to go platinum. That's that's amazing. That is amazing, because it's not the name I would have come up with. Who would you thought? You, you thought of anyone? Uh, I would go always with Queen Latifah, personally. but mm-hmm. or, or Little Kim, for that matter. Besides her solo work, she's also featured on tracks with Criss Cross, Missy Elliott, Mariah Carey, Brandy, Destiny's Child, Kelly Rowland, and Lil Wayne. And let's not forget the rap icon that is Shaquille O'Neal. Neil. Oh, Shaq Fu, baby. All right. <laughs> oh, you took it back. Go ahead, yo. I was about to say Shaq Diesel, but you said Shaq Fu. I love it. It was. All right. DeBrat was also in Mariah's movie Glitter and did a stint on VH1's The Surreal Life and Celebrity Fit Club, which I'm actually really glad to hear about the Fit Club appearance because this woman kind of had a problem with rum. Yeah, there was uh, two separate incidents where she uh, attacked women with rum bottles. She's consistent, at least, I yeah, guess. Yeah, very consistent. Very consistent. She she did almost two years in prison for that consistency, right? Yeah. It seems like she's had some bad times at clubs specifically, but now has her life in order again. So we're definitely glad to hear that. She seems like she's paying it forward by mentoring young talent on the TV show The Rap Game and has a supporting role on the show Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta. All right, let's fast forward now to 2002 and see how another female icon used Between the Sheets to create a hit. Listen to how she turns between the sheets in kind of a more of a mid-tempo jam. It's still laid back, but the pace picks up a bit from the original song. Okay. Kiss a salon, get a mani and a pretty. Have a massage, get a sip and then I'm ready. Hey, gotta take time out. And all my real ladies know what I'm talking about. Sing. You know what she's talking about, Tobe. We all know. We all know. I can't believe it. I never heard this song. Can't say that I had either before we did this show. I mean, this is Whitney. It's Whitney, and it was a popular song. Now, to be fair, I don't think we're her target demographic for this song in particular, because <laughs> we're not women. True that, true that. This is Whitney Houston's One of Those Days off of her album, Just Whitney. This song talks about something we can all relate to. True. Taking some downtime to relax and reset. Yeah, time for a little mani-pedi and some soak time in the tub. Yeah, now when you're done with both of those, you're probably ready for some between the sheets. You want to make sure that those sheets have a very high thread count. Oh, that's that's important. Like uh, like those fancy Egyptian cotton sheets, maybe? Just like rolling in cashmere. In mm-hmm. fact, you want sheets so good that they're luxurious. Oh, I like it. Which just so happens to be the name of the 2005 Gwen Stefani song that also samples between the sheets. Let's check that out. Hear them drums and the little bongos in the background. Yeah. You remember this video, right? Go and check it out, Joe. All right. Do yourself a favor. All right. <laughs> I like this chorus, though. It's got a nice groove. So, 
Gwen takes the opposite approach from Whitney. She actually slows down the sample of Between the Sheets and counterbalances that with a faster rhyme flow, which we just heard in the chorus. What's cool is the song wasn't originally supposed to sample the Isleys. In fact, Gwen and co-writer Tony Canal had the song finished before the producer of their album, Nellie Hooper, suggested laying Between the Sheets track underneath this song. That's him. I'm usually what they whisper about. Either what chick he with or his chip of mouth. Because I've been doing this since chips was out. Watching Eric Estrada bagging up at the Ramada. Table full of powder. AC bro, about to take another shower on my 25th hour. Spike leads everywhere. Game on a flight. You might see Never get tired of listening to this guy spit. It's a good track. So this is Ignorant, and we'll clean it up and say Stuff, from Jay-Z's 2007 album American Gangster. Album actually debuted at number one on the Billboard charts and sold almost half a million copies in his first week. It was also his 10th number one album, tying him with Elvis for the second most behind the Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah, I love how Jay and producer Just Blaze sped up the Isley sample and then gave it this gritty pulse with the kick and the snare. I know we can't play a ton of this track on a family show, but speaking of family shows, you gotta love that he shouts out Chips and Erica Estrada on that line. <laughs> All right, I got one more for you, Toby. Hit and this, this is a tangled one. Hmm. Uh, so, sadly, uh, Mac Miller died of a drug overdose in September. And this line from his song, Good Evening, is haunting. Let's give that a listen. From the course, only been a year. I can stick around a hundred more. Said I can stick around a hundred more. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, that is sad. Young is so much time to go. Jerm, you might as well keep this one rolling. I got like one more verse. I haven't spit three verses on the song in a minute. See if I can remember this one. Yeah, it's a little eerie. Yeah. You can find me in the lab. That is sad, man, but let's pay homage to his music and trace the roots of this track. All right, so believe it or not, this too follows a very interesting line back to our first featured song, the Isley Brothers Between the Sheets. We've already heard how Jay-Z's song Ignorant Stuff samples the Isleys, right? Right, and if we listen to the song A Night Off from Drake's 2009 So Far Gone mixtape, we can hear how it samples the Jay-Z track slowed way down. Let's take a listen to that. But when you're all alone, I hope you truly know How bad I want to be there Come right in, set your back down Took a night off for you Go Slowed way down It slowed down, all right It's asleep <laughs> So if we jump to around a minute 15 of that Drake track, though We will hear this, let's give it a listen Okay. I know what to do with it That's crazy. Right. So now let's speed that way up, and it becomes the intro and the underlying track to Mac Miller's Good Evening. Let's give that a listen. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. So, I don't know. Whether he realized it or not, Mac is actually sampling the Isleys on that track. It's crazy, man. I always love finding these connections between the tracks. Look, look. Good evening. Let's do some more crazy connecting in our last segment, which is where we get into some extra stuff. For today's bonus material, we're going to talk about another Isley's track and a famous rapper that samples it. Let's get into it. Can't wait, man. Let's do it. All right. So the first one is a song that came out just two years before Biggie's Big Papa. It's called It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Let's take a listen. Let's do it. Can't wait. 
barking from the dog. No small. And mama cooked You know all the words. Go ahead. Oh my god. I have to all right. We gotta I gotta tell you a story about this dog. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind to my sophomore year in college, right? Okay. Down at Ohio U, I'm in what they call a quad, right? So I've sure. got my single room, my my good buddy Jack's across the hall, uh, kind of diagonally. And there's another dude who lives across the hall who we never saw, right? He hmm. would get up in the morning, and you're going to think I'm exaggerating, I'm not. He would get up, he would put in, it was a good day, on repeat, and he would leave. He would listen, he'd get ready for <laughs> class, and he'd be gone. So this song would be blaring from his room nonstop pretty much for like 18 hours. Wow. So I like have this weird sort of twitch thing when I hear this song. Yeah, you know? I saw that. I right. saw that. Yeah, so <laughs> poor Jack because his wall was right next to it. But yeah, it took me a good 20 years after before I finally heard it. And like, I don't know if it's, what is it when uh, you get like held hostage and uh, Stockholm. Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm. Yeah, right, Stockholm. yeah. So I feel like I got a little bit with this song because I kind of like the song now. And you're wow. right. I know every single word backward and forward. And he couldn't have played the whole album? No, that's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> like, it was, it's a great album. No, just that song. So it was, it was not a good day back then. That's nuts. That's nuts. All right. So hopefully we're going to listen to Footsteps in the Dark now from the Isley Brothers. And I don't think I'm going to have as much trauma, but let's give it a listen. <laughs> it's already funky. Yo, you know it is. Just good, no matter when you listen. Yeah, you could just loop this little part of the intro. Oh, and then, wow. Can I love that lasted for so long? Still You know, it's always a it's a tricky question. Like, if you could have somebody else's voice, and I got a million answers, but I think Ronald Isley might be up there too. It's unmistakable, man. It's unmistakable. So that is Footsteps in the Dark, uh, an album track featured on the group's double platinum album, Go For Your Guns, which was released in 1977. Yeah, there's no mistaking that Ice Cube went into the studio on that good day with a direct sample from Footsteps in the Dark. Of course, he has a producer enhance the production with bass and vocals. And that producer was DJ Pooh, who, fun fact, co-wrote the movie Friday with Ice Cube and played the character Red. Huh. I did not know that. That is a great movie, uh, that one, and Classic. Friday After Next, and Next Friday, Three Months From Now, <laughs> and all the other Fridays. All the good Fridays. <laughs> all the good Fridays. All the good Fridays. <laughs> they're, all, they're all good days. <laughs> okay, so that's going to wrap up another episode of Riffs on Riffs. This episode, we've explored the Isley Brothers Between the Sheets, Notorious B.I.G.'s Big Papa, as well as tracks from DeBrat, Whitney, Gwen Stefani, Jay-Z, and Mac Miller. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. All right, Tobe, what do we have coming up for the next episode? As always, we are never going to stop. We will enter the fifth dimension and spend some alone time with Halsey. Oh, I like it. Count me in. All right, so for now, we're going to take you out with a more recent track by Chance the Rapper. Let's see how he sampled the Isley Brothers between the sheets on his 2012 mixtape, Ten Day, and the song is called Juke Juke. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you later on the next episode of Riffs Chance on Riffs. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. Audio engineers, Eric Coltnow and Dave Shaw. And audio director, Michael Seifert. 
You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2 020-d.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.